Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Brian Fogg and Mystic Jack here uh, with me. we got a lot of stuff here to unhand wrap on uh, Leaving the Ring. Um, you know what? I, I, I guess I want to take a deep dive, man. And uh, first off, uh, I know, Zach, you were down there with Jake Paul, you know, for his fight against Woodley uh, for the rematch. Get first, first, before we get into the whole who should he face next... Uh, does the MMA community know that he's they're being trolled by uh, uh, Jake Paul? Give me your thoughts about his performance, man. What did did, it, did the outcome? Ha- you know, did you did the way it happened think that is uh, is the way you thought it was going to happen, or did you think it was going to be a little faster, or it was going to go the distance? Yeah, I thought it was going to be more of an accumulation of punches. Mm-hmm. You know, him knocking him out cold doesn't surprise me, but I thought Tyron had. Probably the best game plan you could do, and that was to make it into a brawl, into a real fight against Jake, who's pretty green, but obviously has the superiority and boxing skill and probably punching power. So, you know, I don't right. blame him for trying to get inside, getting dirty, headbutting, elbows, that type of thing. That'll throw someone off. There's only, you know, four pro fights. So I think that just made it a lot more difficult for Jake, kind of smothered his punches, and then he found, uh, you know, a home for his right hand. Let me ask you guys this. Are you see? I, I, I mean, are you guys seeing improvement? Is there improvement starting to show a little bit more with uh, Jake Paul here? I mean, because I watched it, and I'm telling you, for me, I see a lot of improvement from the kid. I see him setting up the punches a little better. He's a little bit more patient. He, he's not, you know, uh, being too zealous when he's going after an attack. And then he's setting up shots. Uh, Brian, what do you think, man? Am I way off about this? No, I mean, it's... It, it's start. I like. He, he's starting to look like he knows what he's doing in there. Right. Um, he's setting up punches. I wouldn't go as far as saying he's like setting up traps, but he's setting up his offense. He's not uh, not smothering his punches anymore. I mean, a year ago, if a dude was getting dirty with him on the inside, it would have thrown him off a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just that's just a dude getting sparring, uh, spending a lot of t- time in the gym and getting better. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going back to where he is trolling MMA fans. They, they really have no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, they are Twitter, losing like, their shit. Implode. They are losing their shit over what happened on Saturday. What was it? Saturday night on Showtime yeah. pay-per-view, man. I mean, uh, I, you know, I sit back and I'm just looking at this whole event, this whole thing that he started off with. You got to look at back when he when he burst into the scene, got on Trilla, and then he started throwing names. But the 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 screaming from before the MMA fans even stepped into the whole picture, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Zach, was boxing fans going, I want to see this guy fight somebody like he's like he's his first fight in. I want to see him fight somebody legit. You know, let's see him fight legit. But he's really now has gotten the boxing community on his side where they're like, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, he's a prospect. Let him do what he's got to do. Let him fight. Let him fight these other guys because. You know, all prospects fight dudes that have 20 and one on their record, right? 20 losses with one to win. Where the MMA uh, uh, people are just screaming their heads off and even saying, like, even to Mass Vidal, uh, Vidal, I think it's his name, right? Uh, Jorge, um, 
he jumps on. He's like, get in the get in the octagon one time. Let's fight one time. And I'm like, why would he do that? He's making a shitload of money with boxing. That's why your guys just jump over the fence the way Jake Paul right. said it. I mean, and here's another thing. I don't know what you guys think about this. Dude, I'm eating every moment when he keeps calling Dana White on his practices and business with the, when it comes to the UFC. Oh, yeah. And no doubt. I, uh, <laughs> it's fu- funny, but someone like Masvidal, it's like, it, it reminds me of uh, when Andre tried crashing Canelo's press conference a couple months ago. <laughs> it's just money, money, money. Um, that, that's what it is. And, right. uh, and he's, ma- he's making fun of them every day and they just, they have no idea. Like, and the fan base doesn't either. Like they're falling for it, uh, hook, line, and sinker, and uh, it's fun. Why not? Oh, dude, you got it. I mean, every freaking video that's out there right now that I see on any any social platform <laughs> is the conspiracy theorists are out on full force saying that it was rigged. Uh, look at the way Willie okay, drops his man. hand. They do the wink. You know, like it's just so much. There's a contract. That you know, uh, uh, you can't knock out Jake Paul. Zach, you were with with Jake. Has he witnessed anything? Has he sat back and looked at like what he's created, like almost like the Joker in the Joker movie, where he just sits back and he's like staring out the window of the back of a police vehicle's car, and he's just watching all this chaos. Is he doing the same thing here? Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of realized after the Robinson fight what this could all turn into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even back then, Jake Susan released a documentary. That, he put on ice because he realized how crazy it could be if he just dragged it out through his entire career. And, like, even <laughs> this, it's like a movie. Right. I mean, if you saw this at a movie, right? Like, a social media kid gets fight a UFC champion, knocks him out cold. He's unconscious for two minutes. There's guys in the crowd trying to get in. I mean, it's crazy. So, right. pretty funny. He's got them uh, on strings, you know, Pinocchio style. And, you know, Jake's making more money per fight than they have in their entire career. So why would he go over to the UFC? It makes no sense. And if you're scared of someone who's been boxing for three years, when you've been boxing, I think Mazda has pro boxing matches. It's just kind of sad to me that mm. that's what they have to result to when Jake's making more money than they ever have, you know? They should really be calling out Dana White for not letting them get out of their contract for one fight. Yeah, Absolutely. No, I I, well, I completely agree well, with that, Brian. Well, why Dana's not paying him. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I always hear from... The guys that are, you know, that watch the UFC slash MMA and, you know, uh, they'll tell me we got to start a union for them and we got to do this for that. And, I, you know, when we think about boxing, we say the same things. There's got to be a union for fighters for health care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it, there's a different light that shines on the UFC fighters because they're underpaid. And if one thing that Jake Paul is putting shedding more light on, you know, when Jake Paul starts screaming Muhammad Ali, he's kind of like the Muhammad Ali for the UFC fighters here because he's shedding light on the fact that these guys are not getting paid and they're being, you know, they're being used and hustled by the great Dana White. He should be their hero. <laughs> yeah, like, they should all have all a shrine, the, a shrine yeah. of Jake Paul in their locker room when they before they go yeah, to fight. I like just he's want to there, see a live Chavez. during the match. <laughs> what was that, Zach? I, I just want to see a live shot of Dana during the match. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. You know he's losing his shit. You know he's losing you know, his shit. And, and you know he's watching. Yeah. Has to be. The Ben yep, Askren, he's like, Jake, it. I'll bet a million dollars Jake won't beat this guy. He's a season champ. And then Jake knocks him out. He's like, 
That looked fishy to me. And then, you know, it's just hilarious. <laughs> then Nunez would beat Jake. Nunez just lost to a 135-pound woman. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jake flatlining 200-pound men. Like, where's Joe Where's Joe? Uh, Joe Rogan at, you know, when it's needed, you know, for him to start uh, uh, pressing somebody out there from the UBC Spring He's a team. Jake fan, you know? Yeah, I know. I've heard that. And, and, and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's, that's what I'm saying. He's got to jump back. Like, Dana's got to pull him back and say, hey, 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 like, you know, slow down. And start talking about our fighters and how they could beat him. But it doesn't need to happen, you know, because it's apples and oranges, right? Because I tell you what, I've always said this. Fighters need a good publicist. And in a lot of ways, when you see, like, Oscar De La Hoya and, like, Dana White, it's almost like they need a good publicist because sometimes they let their mouths get them to a lot of heat with fans, mm-hmm. you know? So what... I mean, what are our expectations of Jake? His boxing fans, and then Zach. I mean, somebody spent a lot of time with him. Like, uh, I mean, do we expect him to be like a, a legit prospect here? Like, what is the future? I mean, what? I I guess what do you what do you guys want to see out of him? I mean, that's it. It's, we can see him improving, see him learning what he's doing. What is the? I can't believe I'm saying it, but what is the upside of him uh, as a fighter? I wouldn't be surprised the next year or two he beats like Chavez Jr. Mm, I tweeted that out immediately <laughs> after too. I, I tweeted it out. I said, hey Chavez Jr. next. I don't know. You know, hey, and you know what? Here's a, here's the thing too. Going back with MMA community losing their shit uh and putting up these videos of him cheating and you know this is a this is completely rigged. Uh they're not giving him credit that the fact is that he took this rematch in a late notice. It was Tom Fury. Tommy yeah. Fury was supposed to be the guy to step in. Who was supposed to be the guy? Exactly. I thought the fight was completely canceled. I didn't think he was gonna move forward. But as we mentioned last week's show here, Brian, we said Jake Paul's fighting more often than Ryan Garcia. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> Jake fought four times in 13 months. Really, the only guy more active is Canelo. He's more active than Fury. Joshua, all these guys, way more active than Garcia. He's more active than, I mean, Jake literally is fighting every three months. And the ironic part is he didn't have an amateur career. He's not even getting time in between camps to work on his craft. So I think he takes more time off and actually gets to get his skills in a better position. He's really going to start messing these guys up. Man, big credit to uh, BJ Flores, man. Who would ever thought yeah. that BJ Flores would have been able to keep this guy going and giving him the, uh, the, the you know, good advice for uh, a guy that just picked up the sport what two years ago and kudos to the to the management that they're doing because they tapped into something that is driving people to want to see this kid get knocked out you can't imagine how many uh, you know my my kids are 20 21 and uh you know to 24 and their circle of friends are just waiting and dying to see whether or not this guy continues the streak or gets knocked out, right? And I tell you what, Zach, you get in his ear and you tell him, keep the goddamn UFC guys going. Keep them jumping over. Get them to wake up a little bit more about the fact that they need to get paid a little better. And tell them that as a hardcore boxing fan, a lot of us hardcore, we're loving every moment of the meltdown that happens immediately after he knocks out or he beats one of these guys. It's just hilarious. That's the best best part. You know, BJ's my trainer as well. He's honestly probably the brightest boxman that I've been around. And yeah, I, he does and I've great been boxing my right. entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially offensively, he's an actual genius. I mean, everything Jake does, taunts, feints, looking down, going up, 
jab, right hand. It's been taught by BJ, and uh, they're a really good combination. Jake's such a hard worker that he really takes it all in, and he's a legitimately tough guy, right. which I think is also undersold. He gets elbowed in the face, gets caught, he has blood in his eyes, he keeps going. I mean, there's not a lot of guys with only five fights that are able to do that under immense pressure like that. 18,000 people screaming, fuck Jake Paul, so that's a lot of things get lost. <laughs> he likes that part. <laughs> he's not uh, He's not getting brought up like any other fighter does. You know, and Tyron Woodley's a more seasoned fighter, a better fighter than the guy Tommy Fury's fighting. I mean, he's not 2 and yeah. 110. Mm. He's coming in there to win. He's been boxing at Freddie Roach's for years. He's an actual legit athlete, you know. Right. So... So here's, I guess here's my question. What is the next move? What is he, who does he go after next? What would be the more realistic schedule? Because I know he keeps putting in, which we know we call, you know, you guys call it clout and everything, you know, is when you start attaching your name to another big star, which is Canelo. I know, and I think a lot of folks know, I'm wondering though, does he really believe that he can get in there with Canelo? I know what he said. On his, you know, in his interviews, he said, like, why not? This, he fought this other guy and that, you know, didn't even throw a punch. But realistically, if, if they are talking about that, let's say it's way down the line. In between that, in between that, who's the realistic names that he should step in with? Chavez. Let's just do I the love, Chavez yeah. one. Uh, Anderson yeah, Silva. I'd, I'd watch that. I like that. I like that name, too. Zach? Tommy Fury is probably next. If I had a yep. guess. Okay, Tommy but, I mean, Fury. I guess you can't really trust the guy to make it to the fight, but I mean, Jake gave him a lot of PR throughout the thing. You know, Tommy, this should have been you. Called him out after the fight, so I think you already got some built-in hype there. <laughs> you know, I Tommy. think we could probably done Tommy worse than that. Um, I think Tommy has a worse chin than Woodley, and I think he's pretty defensively open. I think you just get into a firefight and get cracked. I think it's a good, it's a good fight, and you know what? I want to see it. That's all I got to say. I want to see that either Fury. I'll watch any any of those three. Any of those three right now being mentioned. best would be McGregor, but I don't think we're going to get that. He's too small, don't you think? I think he's just too little. I I think think that would kill him, but I just want to see the press conferences. Oh, it'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. The the way, just all that would just be so funny. Who the the fuck is this YouTube kid? (laughs) That's what you'd be hearing. Who the fuck is this? He's 190 right now. Oh, is he? Wow. He's massive. Probably, yeah, after the surgery. McGregor's probably 190. Yeah. Yeah. All that whiskey. He's massive. Yeah. All that whiskey. So, uh, Every time oh, I gain man. weight, it's like, yeah, so I got a surgery. <laughs> I think that sells like a ridiculous amount of pay per views. Oh, absolutely. I think so too. Hey, let me ask you guys this. How soon do you see Floyd Mayweather trying to jump into the mix of all this stuff that's going on between Jake Paul, yeah. the MMA, and everybody else? How soon do you think that that Floyd says, hey, I'll take this up serious because he's starting to look like a real serious fighter. And we know that he hates anybody getting more publicity, especially when the oh kid's being God. called the GOT right now. As you know, that's like a jab to, the, to these uh, MMA fans. They're saying GOT, <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if Floyd wants to Jake. What was that, Zach? I said, I don't know if Jake uh, Floyd wants anything to do with Jake. <laughs> I don't know. That money talks for him, you know. They, that's why they yeah. do call him money. Uh, yeah, Floyd I mean, Mayweather. I'll yeah. say this. It would be a lot different than the Logan fight. Absolutely. I mean, Jake goes in there with the kill or be killed attitude. There's no hugging it out until, you know, the end. He would really try to knock Floyd out. You know, he would treat it like a serious pro boxing match, and he wouldn't be right. scared to hop into the fire, you know? So I he's think that more, would actually be 
legitimately great match. As crazy as that sounds. I think he's well. He's more. He's the more of the athletic one uh, of the two brothers. You know. I, you know. I would have to say that. I yeah. can see that I he catches on. I think a great athlete. Just Jake's more of a fighter at this point. Well, he's a fighter athlete more than his brother uh, Logan. Right. He's able to apply it real good. You know, right. he's got terrific yeah. balance, uh, shot placement. His boxing IQ has gotten to a pretty solid level, especially compared to all the other influencers, celebrities. He's definitely the best celebrity influencer boxer's ever been. You know, right. <laughs> he's at who, that level. Who would be the most hated, though, if let's say he was to take on instead, let's say Tommy Fury just falls out of the picture and says, I can't get my shit together. I have too many aches and pains in my belly. I can't come, you know, I can't leave the UK to show up. So then Jake Paul moves on and goes after Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Who would be the most hated in that bout? Who would win? Who would take that that part there the most, you think, there, uh, Zach? I think boxing fans would all root for Jake. Yeah, MMA guys root for Chavez. <laughs> Shit, and, nah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see how Chavez turns up for that fight. Does he train anymore? I actually saw had a fight after the Silva fight that he won. Right. He fought this past weekend. Yeah, he fought this weekend. He had a guy yeah. who was like 31 and 6. So. Right. <laughs> In Mexico. Yeah. I, I can't see MMA fans rooting for a Mexican dude. But <laughs> they definitely don't want Jake to win. Well, yeah, they definitely won't. But I think a lot of MMA fans would be like, wait, Chavez Sr. has a son? He has a son? And they would know nothing about this guy. And they'd be like, oh, this guy's got a great hook. He's going to knock out Jake, Jake Paul. Yeah, I just three and six is just crazy to look at. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. He, he had some good wins. Oh, he know, did. Andy Lee 15 years ago. but And he was 20 pounds bigger than Andy Lee. But, um, yeah, Chavez Jr. is going to be a blast. Uh, or maybe a De La Boya. I mean, Mm. Ooh, I don't know. I, I, Oscar can't. That dude shouldn't be in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I, um, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, uh, look past that though. I mean, the way things are. Yeah, I definitely would watch that that train wreck. But I think honestly, the Chavez Junior one would be great because you know Chavez would show up in his little tantarans with some a bowl of Cheerios for the press conferences. You know, I would <laughs> wonder what color of hair dye he's gonna put. He would definitely be more outrageous than Jake Paul. I think that would really set Jake Paul back. He'd be like, I don't even know what to say about this guy, you know. Um, but I mean, I don't think he's crazier than uh, John Fury. Oh, I know. Jeez. Oh, that guy's out there. Jeez. Whoa. Man, boy, does he got a mouthpiece on him uh, when it comes to just spewing out whatever he wants to say. I mean, he's a guy that literally goes, you know what, I'm just going to say, you know, when they say, oh, I love this guy because he just says it how it is. Yeah, this guy says it how it is. <laughs> well, I didn't even think it, and he said it. That's the kind of guy he is, you know. But, uh, he's saying how it is. He says how it isn't. Yeah. He's out there. He's really, really out there. We all but know. The, we all know someone like that. But the fight that would honestly, for me, would put more radar about his skills and to see how much of a contender he's becoming would be if look, the UFC guys, like I said, they're losing their shit. They want their guys to step in, but honestly, any of the current guys that they're bring, they're talking about, they're signed to a contract. Uh, to me, are not very good strikers that could compete with Jake Paul at this moment. The only guy that could, that was a UFC guy and, and a mixed martial, uh, you know, athlete, would be uh, Silva, who's transitioned yeah. to boxing and actually pretty decent. He was a boxer. Yeah, he was a boxer, and you know, I think that fight would bring a lot of eyes. 
but I don't know if it would bring the attraction that Jake Paul and them were looking to do. You know, um, I just think it would solidify him being a contender if he was to beat uh, somebody that's been training a lot longer in boxing than any of the guys right now that he's uh, pretty and much honestly, faced. Honestly, that fight should bring him, you know, the status of, you know, like we were saying, but I think people just chalk it up to he's 48, he's an MMA fighter. Right. Right. So and for then, Jake, it's almost like such a high risk for like almost no reward because to everyone else, he's just another old MMA fighter, even if they know how good he really is. So. Right. Well, Silva had a couple of pro fights like 20 years ago in boxing too. Right. I mean, it's uh, something he's been into he's for legit. a long time. But yeah, he's he works inside <laughs> too. He's got terrific head movement. Big mm -hmm. dude. Obviously, his power. I mean, he just knocked the Ortiz dead. So. Is he still with Freddie Roach? He is, right? I don't know. I think he's still with, you know, don't quote me on that, but I think he's still I didn't hear Freddie Rose say any um, outrageous comments about the fight, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Every time he comes out of the woodworks, he was like, Ben Askren has real power. He's going to knock out Jake Paul. I'm like, this guy can't even move. <laughs> I don't even think Ben <laughs> the guy's was there. <laughs> 45 years old, waddling to the ring. Like, are you off your rocker? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Most definitely. Well... I, whatever happens next with Jake Paul, I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, he's starting to prove a lot. I mean, like I said, whoever thought that the boxing community would be rooting for this guy. And, you know, from he's really, it's almost like a, you know, when you, like Zach said, you said, hey, it's like, it's almost like a movie being played out right now with, with uh, you know, Jake Paul. Because now that you have the boxing fans behind him and cheering for him, it reminds me of Rocky Four when uh, Balboa was fight, fighting Drago and they were booing him in the beginning and then towards the end, they were rooting for him. <laughs> it's just pretty much the same thing. So now we're here for, for Jake Paul, man. So whatever he does next, like I said, I think all of us uh, will be excited to see and hopefully he fights again four times next year for 2022, man. Um, hey, Steve Kim tweeted out earlier today on uh, Twitter, uh, Ryan Garcia and uh, Pet Bull Cruz uh, Isaac Cruz, who just had recently fought to a lot of folks believe it was a draw against uh, Tank Davis. Uh, they're talking about a scheduled date to meet up with each other either in March or in April. I don't know about you guys. I, I would love to see that. I'm excited to see if that was to happen because as everybody has mentioned or talked about, it's not that we don't want to see Ryan Garcia, but it's more like Ryan doesn't want to see himself get back into the ring i'll let you go really quick brian what's your thoughts about that fight yeah i know we talked about it uh a little while we were getting ready here of uh and zach said yeah it's a great fight but uh let's see if that actually happens like uh and, and yeah you're absolutely like we, we want to see ryan garcia like he's fun to watch yep. he's got fast hands he does a lot of things well there's a ton of potential there we thought he was kind of getting close to putting it all together against campbell had a couple of slip-ups in there and uh, but that that's all stuff you figure you figure out by fighting more and more often. Right. That kind of boxing IQ ring generalship end of it. Uh, and then he just kind of went AWOL for a year. So like I'm all for the fight, that fight if it's real. I don't think uh, I think I don't think Isaac Cruz had to draw a tank, but uh, I I think Ryan probably rolls him out by roll him nine three type fight where he pretty much controls it. Just he's just too quick. Mm. Uh, but I, I I think Isaac makes it fun for a bit. I think it's like a more competitive version of that Belez fight, 
that Ryan had a few years ago. What do you think, Zach? Wow, is Isaac Cruz a monster. You know, 22 years old, I had no idea he was that young. I had watched him a little bit, but I, he had pro fights since he was like 16. So you look at what years he was fighting, you think he's, you know, 26. And I come to find out he's right. younger than Tia Bimo and Ryan and all them. Wow, what a stud. Um, it's an interesting style matchup. Obviously, he's going to want to come forward and Ryan's going to want to land the left hook. But Cruz is a lot more active, coming off 12 hard rounds with Tank Davis, who's a lot better than anyone Ryan Garcia's fought. And I think Isaac Cruz, I rate him higher than Luke Campbell, just being honest, who dropped Ryan Garcia. So mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting fight. I favor Cruz because he's just been more active and he's such a dog. But Ryan can catch anybody. I mean, Ryan legitimately has a puncher's chance against everybody in that division. He might be the hardest hitter in that division, fast hands. The punches you don't see coming are the one that knock you out. So, I think height, uh, height though. Uh, no, what are you gonna say, Brian? Go ahead. What are you gonna say? You think what? You think Cruz? You think Cruz will get a decision though if it's a close fight? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. You know, but you know, look. This is my thought here. Um, height, I think, is gonna give Cruz maybe some problems. Uh, we're gonna find out whether or not Cruz's chin is really that solid. Because I think, if anything, uh, as we've seen from Garcia, he's going to let those hands go go with that speed, you know. And style-wise, Garcia wants a guy that comes forward. He doesn't want a guy that's going to try to trick him and set traps like the way Luke did and was able to counter him. Uh, Cruz is not a counterpuncher. Cruz is a guy that likes to lead the dance. So this, to me, plays out to be a very, very interesting fight here. And I think there's a good matchup. But I have to agree with you, Zach. This is a kind of a deep dive back for Ryan Garcia, for a kid that's been spending most of his days up in Hawaii and somewhere else. Uh, he's been doing more talking off Twitter than at the actual ring. So ring rust, right? Yeah, that's why I'm gonna agree with you. I think ring rust is gonna take a big play here in this fight. And you know what? Kudos to Cruz. Uh, for saying, hey, I want this guy. Because he may not have gotten that win over Tank Davis, but he got the big prize, which would be Brian Garcia. Do you think, uh, what are the odds this fight happens, though, too? Like, uh, I mean, we, we, we've heard, we've Debbie heard Downer Garcia. over here, man. you got to no, be a no, Debbie no, Downer, huh? <laughs> we, we, we've we've no, heard I, this you know, from I Ryan before. Ryan and the, um, the, the bubble for the Canelo Yildrum, he's like, Oh, I'm going to fight Tank. I got it in signing. If I don't fight him, I'm going to fight Pacquiao. I'm going to fight this person. None of it happens. Right. You know, that, so you just none of that was real. Yeah. Face. Um, did he hurt his hand as well? That's what he said. He went to surgery. He hurt his hand, so that's why he didn't uh, go forward so with uh, He said he's dealing with anxiety, hurt his hand. Canelo said he's not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. And you have an absolute dog in Isaac Cruz who's banging it out with Tank Davis, going all 12 rounds, taking his best punches. I didn't even see him get wobbled. And he's oh. pretty solid, uh, fundamentally, Cruz. I mean, he he gets set up the center line. He's tough to hit. He's tricky. It wouldn't be like a one-punch sleeper from Ryan early or anything like that. You know, it would be a real, real yeah. fight. Yeah, most definitely. I, 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 if it happens, great. I just, you know, um, God, four months from now, three months from now, that's a long wait to find out whether or not you know, Ryan's going to step into that ring, you know, and I know Goldenberg are not going to like what, you know, what we're saying, but here's the truth of the matter is, is that he's pulled out before the trust factor is very shaky 
when it comes to Ryan Garcia making a commitment. Because if it's not committed to the fight uh, that's scheduled, it's the commitment to his promoter. How many times have we seen him pull out of a fight because he didn't get the? He wants a certain amount of money now. He wants to be treated a certain way. So there's always a bunch of variables when it comes to Ryan Garcia. So plenty of matchups for Ryan Garcia. And like I said, we all want to see Ryan Garcia get back into the ring. The only one, the only one that's holding Ryan Garcia from getting back in that ring is himself. So if this does come out, if this does play out for, for Isaac Cruz to get that fight with Ryan Garcia, I'm all in. I think it's going to be explosive between the two. That'll be a good time. I, uh, yeah, let's see if see if it happens. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with Zach. I got to favor Isaac Cruz, and I think a lot of folks yeah. are going to favor Isaac Cruz. One is durability, that chin. Uh, like you said, he's a dog in that ring. Uh, they call him the pet bull for a reason. And you know, unlike you know, like like a lot of the people that face Tank, uh, Cruz went out there and showed no fear. He, it was almost like he was wearing the no fear that Manny Pacquiao used to wear those trunks and stuff. They had the logo no fear on it. Uh, that's what Cruz went out there when he faced uh, uh, Tank Davis, man. And I think even Tank Davis. He's a baby. Was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think Tank Davis people and himself were really surprised in how well this guy was taking shots, you know. So this is a big moment for not only for Cruz, but for Ryan Garcia. If Ryan Garcia can knock him out, God, you want to talk about the dangling over the, the over the head of Tank Davis? Like, ah, I knocked out a guy you couldn't even put a dent on. Now, if you're Ryan Garcia, do you try to get this fight as soon as possible, like early mid-February or something like that, and uh, while Cruz is still kind of on the mend and getting back to normal, kind of like Canelo Kovalev? <laughs> I would say, yeah, but who's? I mean, I think he has Sean Gibbons on his side, Isaac Cruz, so I think that's why they're going to try to make it for a little later, like the three to four sure. months, uh, uh, you know, down that line. But yeah, great, great matchup if it does happen here, man. Um Okay, so let's talk about last week's fights here on in, here on Leaving the Ring, guys. Um, you know, the light heavyweight division was on spotlight. Uh, Zordo Ramirez uh, was definitely got a big test from Gonzalez. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that fight. It was yep. a back and forth war between the two. Uh, honestly, it was the best fight I've ever seen Zordo in. And you know what? I tweeted out after the fight. I said, Zordo looks like what Julio Cesar Chavez would be if he actually trained which is not a lot of speed, throws good combinations, but that's what you're going to get. And I think what we got from Zordo is the best we're ever going to see from him. He's not going to grow. He's not going to get any better. He, none of that. He's He is who he is, and that's who we're going to have to accept. I think Golden Boy's going to have to accept that too. With Zordo, I, I guess, do you think it was him getting matched with a, with a guy that's going to make a fun fight? Do you think it's him taking kind of that next half step forward um, or just – I mean, or kind of a mix of those two, I suppose. I think, you know what? I think Zordo is a lot like uh, Derek Cesaro. I mean, not like Derek, uh, Joseph Parker. you got to force them to fight or they're going to be on cruise yeah. control the whole time out. Anytime they step in the ring, you know, they're going to be on cruise control. And you know what? That lightweight heavyweight division has got some real punchers and monsters in that division. So Zordo really can't be sitting back and relaxing uh, and taking it easy. Uh, he's going to have to go out there and not be in cruise control. And I and I think that's what we wanted to see with Gonzalez. Could he get out of walking in the park, you know, and, you know, staring at the stars and looking at the birds and whistling while he, you know, walks down, you know, the road. 
we got a guy that was willing to take the bumps and bruises that we've been asking for for quite some time, and uh, he showed up. But again, uh, he's not the quickest guy, not the strongest guy, he's not the biggest puncher. He did rock his legs a few times, but he's got yeah, he's you know he's got something there, Zach. To me, the question is, we saw the top three light heavyweights all in the past month. You know, how do you rank them between Zerto, Better Biev, and Dimitri Bivol? I mean, Zerto has, you know, he's younger, a lot younger than a Better Biev. And Bivol never looks impressive to me, but he keeps winning. So Results. I've got to give him that. Is he the talented out of the three, though, Zach? Do you think? You guys think he's, the, he's, he's honestly the most talented out of all the three names, Bivol? I don't. No? I rate Zerto the highest. Currently, hmm. you know, better be a couple years ago, probably him. And I think out of the three, that Zerto maybe presents the most interesting challenge for a Canelo. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I thought better V would be a much more of a challenge for Canelo. The punching power, uh, him coming forward. Uh, Zerto obviously showed that he's willing to go through the fire. I, I think what I mean I don't know what you guys think here. If, if I always believe that I mean I believe that Canelo to take that jump to 175, you know, try to unify that division. But these three other guys should really be trying to make fights with each other because it only makes it a exactly. bigger payday. Yeah, a bigger payday because down they the line. Figure this stuff out. One of them should be undisputed, and then that guy's gonna fight Canelo. You know. Right. All the marbles. Yep. All the marbles, and it, and it makes up if they go back to pay per view. That makes a world of difference because now you have two unified champions facing each other not not as you know where it was canelo picking at each champion to make it unified I'm, this would be a different I'm, I'm, game. I'm, I'm all good with these dudes fighting each other but i can skip out on uh zerto against b-ball <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, sure. yeah, that's an hour i'm never but, getting I mean, back you, you gotta do it because this is one knock mm. that mma fans really legitimately have on boxing is the best guys aren't fighting the best guys because of sanctioning and commissions and uh, promotions and stuff like that. Why haven't these guys fought each other yet? Right. They better be of right. how old? Thirty nine. Yeah, he's up. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And he yeah, he's, uh, he's long amateur career too. I, I, mean, I still he, think he better be of the best out of the he's group. He's finished everybody, but what's he hasn't fought any of the top four or five? You know, it's crazy. I mean, it shouldn't happen. I mean, these guys should already be fighting. We like the Super Six tournament with Ward and Arthur Abraham and Carl Froch. Right. That was so rare, but it was great because you got to actually see who the best guy was. It ended yep. up being Andre Ward. He ended up, you know, becoming undefeated, beating Kovalev later. And if that tournament never happens, this many years later, we might be saying Carl Froch was better, or Kessler was better, or whatever. You know? Right. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, they, they have. It has to happen. You know, and I think what it really kind of boils down to, I know it's the sanctionings and I know, you know, people say, hey, they're not fighting each other. But what it comes down to is money, you know, is the mm -hmm. demand. Are people really calling to see these three guys go at it right now? You, but I don't think in the beginning, but after this Saturday with two of the best out there, well, actually all three of them have already fought. I think now people are saying, hey, we want to see all these three of these guys mix it up. And if Canelo is jumping into this pool of light heavyweights, it makes it even better. So, yes, I'm yeah. with you guys. Yeah, I'd love I, to see some action. I, 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 there. I, I do think better be of it, especially leaving this weekend, uh, probably wipes out. I mean, the dude punches like a horse. I mean, it, it's yes. that simple. Uh, he, slow starter, but we knew that. Uh, Marcus Brown kind of – Marcus Brown's a slick dude, so he uh, – uh, I mean, he gave, gave a much better account rounds. than what I was saying. Remember, I said, hey, I think he's going to give it a little bit more than what most but people were uh, he, he, talking about, you know. 
you, you can see like the awareness though with uh, Better Beef of uh, okay, this cut's bad. Let's get to work now and yeah. get this dude out of here because I'm on borrowed time already. Right. Absolutely. You know, and he, he's been in some wars. You know, I mean, you could you could yep. really see there's some wear and tear uh, with Better Beef, and uh, okay. you know, and that's something that the other guys like Zordo and, and Bivol got to look at and take notice that he's a slow starter. Um, we could take the early rounds. It's it's just worrying about those late rounds. What do we do when his power comes on? When he comes forward? When he tries to cut that ring off? What do we do there? That's what's that going to make those fights interesting. I tell you what, I'm with you. No Zordo and Bivol a fight. If it's it's if they both fight, better be him. Great, that's even better. You know, so let them do that. But the only problem is the miles uh, for better be him is is it's going to be better for Canelo. And that's what I don't want. I want a fresher better be able to get in with Canelo if that fight was to happen next. And someone like Bivol might be the best one here. We've just never seen him pushed. And he's so comfortable going on cruise control. He looks so bored. Just, uh, he looks bored yeah, sometimes. He, he looks more bored than we are. Mm. Like, tough for me to rate that guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm it's, seen... it, and it's also tough to watch his fights. So he's not doing himself any favors in getting a Canelo fight. You know? Right. Well, he's winning. <laughs> He's so winning, Zerto, but, uh, you know? right? Exactly, right. Now, there's a lot, lot of fun we can have. I, I, I expect Canelo to be 175. I, uh, I know he's 175, kinda, you know, <laughs> it's that meat, but uh, <laughs> that's the jump, <laughs> makes sense, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Now, Not Andre Ward, right? Now, Andre Unless he wants to grab the uh, the Bridger weight title. Oh, god. <sighs> You know, it's not actually a bad division. Um, the fights they've kind that, of presented—it's not that bad. That, that, that first—that first title fight was fun. I yeah, don't care it what was. Else. It was fun. It was fun to watch and stuff. You know, hey, Andre Ward though, 175, uh, fought you know Kovalev and made a retirement. He's now a commentator for uh, ESPN Plus. Great commentary. I love when the guy talks. He's got a lot of knowledge. Uh, I know Ward. Met Ward plenty of times. Uh, Remember him in the Olympics and when he won gold. Uh, remember his first fight at in San Jose at the uh, Shark Tank at the HP Pavilion. Um, but listening to his commentary, when anytime he's asked about Canelo, is it me, guys, or is the bitterness starting to bleed through this guy's skin about Canelo Alvarez? He sounds like the um, he sounds like the U.S. English version of Juanma Marquez. Anytime Canelo's name's brought up. He has nothing good to say about the accomplishments that Canelo Alvarez has done. You know, it's not just that. It's like as soon as his name comes up, you can just feel him like, all right, they're saying nice things about him. I got to think of three or four things just to, like, bring that down a bit because we can't be having this. And then, it, you know, I know we talked about a couple of weeks ago where, uh, you know, Canelo is being petty talking about Salvador Sanchez. Right. <laughs> like it, it feels similar. Or uh, Floyd getting petty when they're talking about Tank. It's just like this uh, old hats. Uh, it, it, these super competitive dudes are going to be uh, petty and vindictive, but also uh, just like true competitors that way too. It's. I mean, the only uh, all, thing is Canelo, pound for pound king. He's taking out everybody. He's the most active fighter in boxing. Who else is doing it? I mean. No one even talks about when he beat Callum Smith. For years, people said that was his toughest matchup. He's, he's way taller than Canelo. He hits like a horse. He would knock Canelo out. Right. And then a couple months later, Callum Smith knocks the dude out, and the guy looks dead on the ground. I mean, these are the guys that Canelo's beating the hell out of 
12-0, breaking their bicep, making them look like C-level fighters. It's not normal what he's doing. No. He's actually really filled into his prime. That's the scary part, you know. Uh, what we saw of him at 140, you know, to 147, to 154, one, even at 160. 168 is really his, is his home. And, you know, when I think about, like, Ward, I think the reason why Ward doesn't want to give him the credit is because as earlier we were talking, and Zach, you had brought up the Super 6, here was Ward in a tournament that he was the underdog. And you had some of the best guys at uh, in the Super 6 tournament. It was 168, you know, all fighting each other. It was a ring robin. And I think Ward feels, I could have unified division, but uh, look at the level of competition I had to face. And look at the level of competition. It's, so it's, almost, it's almost about that, what, uh, you know, whataboutism. And, and it, that, that I'm kind of hearing from Ward. It's like, well, you know, what about if he was fighting in the Super 6 when I was fighting? I, I'm almost like, it's, it's almost like he's at the tip of his tongue where he wants to say that, you know? Like, he's not he doesn't, he's not fighting the same guys I was fighting. He's not, you know, he's not doing the same things that I was doing. I could have unified it, back. but I didn't. But you did it. You didn't unify it. Kind of did. It. How old it's is a back in my, my day. Right. What was that, that, that How old is Ward at this point? I want to say he's like, or so? yeah, I was going to say 35. He's not that old. Get in there with Canelo. That's what I said. Oh, I'd love to see that. Come there, back. There was a time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they were talking yep, about it. Better be a. Right. Yeah. Same age. I mean, hey, come back into the ring. Prove your point. But he hasn't said it yet. See, he hasn't went off and said, hey, this guy wouldn't have done any of this stuff if it was in my time. In my day. Part, part of this pettiness uh, has to do with him viewing him as a potential future opponent and psyching himself up. Mm, I don't know. What do you think, Zach? I just think it's the arrogance and the pound for pound talk, and they're in the same division. And he, part of his mind, he probably thinks he can go in there and still whoop his ass. You know, that's how mm -hmm. fighters are. They're all, you know, right. you have to be an egomaniac to get in that position. Because if you're, if he yeah. didn't believe in himself, how would he win a tournament like that and beat all those guys and win the Olympic gold medal and go up to a different divisions, stuff like that? So. I think Ward needs to just realize he is now that uncle at the barbecue cookout that everybody just says, uncle, sit down. You ain't kicking anybody's ass today. Sit down, <laughs> relax, have another rib, you know. Uh, yeah, but, but, you know, to be honest, these guys, like, ruin some of the ESPN cards with their bias right. towards their fighters, especially <laughs> Timothy yeah. Bradley. For years, I had to hear about how Lomachenko is the pound-for-pound number one fighter in the sport. <laughs> I like Lomachenko. He's cool. Right. But just because he beat a guy who went up six divisions and Guillermo Rigondeau looked like a midget compared to him does not make him pound for pound number one. Got they a lose point. to Lopez and they lose their heads and they say, that guy's number one. Well, he just lost to Cambosis, you know? <laughs> so they got to make up their mind. Um, Crawford, obviously a top guy, top dog. He just beat Sean Porter. He's not number one pound for pound either. He's not better than Canelo's resume is like 10% of his. His resume mm. is about 70% of Errol Spence's, if we're just being honest. Right. I, don't know I, I can deal with Tim, though. Can you? Zach can't. He's just going on the like whole. Yeah. And I like him a lot as a fighter, but I just don't like the. I just can't stand the biases. And it's the same thing with the zone. It's not a strictly. Right. Eating prop. Definitely not. There's just a little bit more knowledge. Let's just be honest. There's a little bit more knowledge in the ESPN commentators with, between Timothy and Ward than there is really with uh, Mannix and Sergio Moro. 
right? Yeah, and Brian. You mean, uh, I, mean I respect them more than that. I respect them, but yeah, I, I, you know, I can tolerate, like Brian was saying, I can tolerate, you know, uh, Ward and, and Bradley more than, you know, I can tolerate uh, Mora and Mannix, especially Mannix. I'm just like, come on, dude. Some of the stuff he's saying is like outrageous. Are you even watching what we're watching here? Or are you over here drawing, uh, you know, little little stick figures on, on a pad or something? I, I don't know what's going on over there. But What the zone team reminds me of is like people trying to explain boxing to people who've never watched a fight in their life. You know, you know I mean, like, not doing explain it for, a good for job. someone who's. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> not doing a good job. Like, like, explaining it for someone who's watching the first fight they've ever seen. And it's like, uh, okay, good. Yeah, that's fine. I got, um, I got the picture. To me, the zone has the best production. <laughs> yes, beautiful production. Yeah, probably, they have my yeah. favorite production to watch. They have the easiest app to use, the best interface. Yeah. You know, I think if they had like a Pauly Malinaji instead. Oh, no. No, yeah, please no, no, he's no, my favorite. No. Oh, really? No. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I can do. I, I think I, I, I can't handle Pauly. I just can't handle Pauly. Just throws out so many. He's like so much inform, missing information. It just, it's bad. And, and, and wait, Pauly's if bad. you could keep, if you could keep Pauly just talking about the fight, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But if you get Pauly off of talking, you know, off the topic of what's happening in front of him, forget it. Keep the kid in Brooklyn. My top three fighter commentators mm-hmm. are Polly, Tarver, and BJ. Tarver's good. Those I are like, my three favorites. I, I like Tarver. I like Tarver a lot. You know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm old school. I, I still love Larry Merchant. Larry Merchant. Would, oh no! Would have been. Hey, oh, listen, yeah. yeah, Larry would have been honest. Okay, and sometimes Larry was too was just too blunt, and I think that's why it turned off a lot of folks. Like. He'd be like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Lomachenko and Comey, right? Larry would have been honest and said, guys, this is just a, a high-paid sparring match. We're just why and he would have even said that in the interview. This was a sparring match. Why did you carry this man? That's what I loved about Larry. But I'm with you. Silly, did you get better work in training? <laughs> what was that, Zach? You know, you don't like I, 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 I like just, Jim Gray the least. But, Jim, oh yeah, I think everybody. Every, I think Jim's gotten better as, with age. He's not as rude as he was in the beginning, but uh, but uh, anyways. Uh, but I think we all let's look. I think we can all agree, Timothy and Ward. We I think if we had a, to choose uh, the duel to commentate any fight for us, would have to be those two than the rest of the guys. You know, because BJ and Paulie and and uh, um, and who else was the other one that you mentioned? Tarver. Tarver. They're not. They're not doing it right now. You know, I liked Roy as an announcer when he was doing it. Did you? Uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Like, he was, uh, he, he was having a good time. The one I always hated was George Foreman, as much as I love George. Uh, I didn't mind. I, I, didn't, I watched the old bad podcast with George, and he definitely uh, wasn't too good, but I love George. So. Dude, you couldn't argue with George. You couldn't argue with George. You you, you, if you, I was you making a fight with George, and he said anything, I just have to agree with him. You know, he could say Canelo yeah. would knock out Tyson Fury. I go, Right, champ. You know, I I don't know why, but I could just imagine George George like using his grill, his big George Foreman grill there while he's commentating. You know, have another hamburger here, George. I mean, uh, Jim. Uh, But uh, Roy, I love Roy because Roy always inserted himself no matter what. 
in the fight, and I think that made it great. It made it hilarious, you know what I mean? Well, his left hook is good, but when I threw my left, left hook, left hook, you know, it knocked people out. It's like, yeah, we know that, Roy. <laughs> you know, it's fun. He, he knew it was crazy. He does, you know. Sergio Roy is actually not that bad as well. I like. I think Sergio Sergio's trying. He's trying to take a page off of Roy Jones commentating because he inserts himself as well. But it's not believable, bro. When you start talking about punching power, we're all scratching our head. Like, when were you knocking anybody out? <laughs> you gotta remember, that Sergio was like not a fun fighter to watch. Jones, you know? What was that, Zach? It works with George Foreman or Roy Jones. It does not work with Sergio Mora. No, nice guy. I've uh, met him a few times. He's a nice guy. I've had him on. Uh, leaving the ring, but yeah, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work, man. You know, because even like when I do have friends over watching the fights and Sergio's talking and he's inserting himself, even people that that you know have watched for a couple of years, um, including my wife. My wife be like, "Wasn't he the guy from the Contender series?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And she's like, "And he went on to continue fighting?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he did. He did. He did." <laughs> I'm like, "You want titles too?" You know. At least they're not asking if that's the dude from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man. Uh, okay, let's let's do a little here segment here for you on leaving the ring. Uh, you know, because uh, we are taking up some time here. Um, hey, listen, I don't like doing the whole award show. Uh, who's got the best chaos? Plenty of guys do all that, so you guys can always tune over and listen to those awards and who somebody thought was fighter of the year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll do it on our own separate time and platforms. So Zach has got his own and Instagram and. Brian's got his Twitter handle, and I got mine, and we'll throw out who our best fighters, you know, our favorite fighter was for the year, uh, biggest comeback, etc. cetera. Um, what I want to do is, what fight would you want to unwrap that would lead into the 2022 Underneath Your Christmas Tree? What, what present of a fight from Santa Claus would you want to open up to see happen in 2022? Zach? Off top. My number one fight would be Fury versus Usyk. That, yeah. That's, I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, you see who the real undisputed heavyweight king is. If Usyk wins that, he's 100% entrenched into the number one pound for pound spot. He's probably one of the best boxers ever with that kind of resume. If Fury wins, I think he pretty much conquered the heavyweight division. I mean, sure, he still has the Anthony Joshua question, but I think we would kind of know what would happen based off that last fight. So. I think that's a great, fantastic fight. If it's close enough, they'll probably end up doing like a trilogy type thing. So yeah. that would be number one. Number two would be Crawford and Spence. But it's tougher because Spence is coming off the eye surgery, things like that. So And now Spence and Ugas is in talks and saying, well, it's, you know, they're saying it's going to happen. Um, so that Plus might be good. I, I like that fight, too. I don't know why people are complaining about it, to tell you the truth. I think it's a good I, fight. You know, I was I picked Ugas to be Pacquiao, and I was pretty confident in that. But not a lot of people were, so. Right, right. One thing with Ugas, too, is his last four or five fights have been, he's been acting like a little bit more of a boxer puncher than uh, kind of your classic Cuban, uh, at least in the sense maybe that Porter fighter. So, yeah, he's really kind of looked like he's shooken off the stage fright. You know, he's getting used to the big lights, getting used to the big crowds. And he's actually showing the confidence that he belongs in that uh, top three guys and talks of being the best in the world in the welterweight division. And it's starting to show. Pacquiao a lot of tough looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His I mean, length. He's got a real power. He hits from awkward angles. He's very slick. I mean, I think he's a problematic matchup for a lot of guys. We saw what he did to Sean Porter as well. So I think it would probably be a tougher fight than Spence is anticipating, especially coming off 
an eye surgery like that, I think they should just probably get the crop fight out of the way. Yeah, I agree because you know what? Ugas could be, you know, definitely uh, the Andy Ruiz uh, for that division. He's definitely a hype train derailleur. Yeah, could be the upset yeah. there with uh, Spence. I agree with you. Uh, let me see. Also, don't see him. Get, another guy I don't see getting a, a fair decision in a close fight with Spence. I think we well, yeah. got the Pacquiao one. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's got yeah, the Pacquiao true. one. Yeah, I, I didn't think he would get the decision over Pacquiao, and he did. So um, That's true. You know, but I mean, I think it would be a bit of a struggle. I, I agree with you. And then no one thought that Usyk would get one over Joshua as well. So, right, yeah, maybe we're turning true. over a new lease. Just kidding, we're definitely not. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you got? Best best to yourself out. To come. Who do you yeah. got, Brian? Who do you want to find uh, underneath your Christmas tree from Santa? So. I mean, obviously Crawford Spence. We all want that. We all uh, Usyk Fury. I mean, these are these are fight. These are your super fights that uh, you know you remember the entire year by. But for me, uh, since I'm just going to try to do something off the wall, that uh, for the sake of you know podcast. But uh, how about like Tim Zoo against a char- one of the Charlos? Oh, that would be great. Like, I know we've been we, we've been talking about him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least is he ready though? Us and, Do you think yes. he's ready for him? Yeah. You think? You, yeah, he's, he's really. How about he's you, Zach? Zach? You think he's ready? I have a comment. Um, I spoke to someone who sparred with Tim Zoo, mm-hmm. and they seemed to think that he was overrated. Really? Yeah, they did some rounds with him, and I was like, "Don't you think he's like one of the top contenders in this division? You know, top prospect. I mean, look what he's done to these guys." And he's like, "Man, he's really not as good as a Charlo or Ooh. someone like that." So. Mm, Who knows? Maybe he's more of an maybe he's not a gym fighter and he's more you know in the ring. So you yeah, know. that's true. I mean, I think some guys don't bring out the best out of themselves until they step into that ring where it really matters. Uh, no Let head that gear right on. go, right? Let that right hand go. But I I rated him highly before that, you know. Right, right. You know. But let me ask you: Do you think he's ready for a Charlo? Do you think he's ready for a Charlo? Um, if in two thousand twenty-two, or does Tim go after? Uh, a set of other names out there because that that division is pretty stacked, in my opinion. I think there there are a lot of guys in that division. Even uh, I think he just has the. I'd love Laura to see would be him. great. Yeah, that, that'd be him. the good yeah. test for him. That'd Laura's be great. Yeah. Right, Laura's I, and the Charlo brothers for me are hard to pin down. Right, mm-hmm. I think Big Charlo and Little Charlo, but Big Charlo seems to fight up to his competition, also fight down to his competition. Because when he fought Derviachenko, I said, wow, this guy might be the best guy at 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. And the next fight, I'm like, hmm, he's definitely not. But, you know, it's just uh, right. the way life goes. And little Charlo seems to be a little bit more wild, not as under control. I thought Castano, I give it to him 7-5. to five. So uh, I guess we'll see that rematch in the coming months. Even though I haven't heard much about it. Oh, yeah. You know, kudos for him taking that. Right? right. Yes. Yes. Um I've always called the Charlos the Migos of boxing. That's what they remind me of with all their crazy hairstyles and the way they behave and act. And so angry, so angry, man, when you when they're out there and stuff. But that's what sells them. That's what brings. I love that personality of like, don't mm-hmm. give two shits about what everybody think, anybody thinks about you thinks about me and stuff. But Tim Tzu, man, I I, I, I rate him pretty high. I, I think the kid's the future of the 154 as long as he for as long as he could stay there because i just see him finally moving up a little later right yeah you know growing into maybe 160 
and see where that where that goes through. But okay, any more? Any any other present? Is that it? Only one present there from Santa that you want? You know? I mean, I mean, I want my Crawford Spence. I want my mm-hmm. uh, Pro Josh Taylor in there. I'm in down with that too. Like, I mean, there are a lot of uh, Canelo. I'm good with him moving better BF. I'm I'm all in on him moving to cruiserweight. I don't right. care what kind of a freak show it is. I'm I'm open to that. And uh, and then I mean something like the monster moving up again. Uh, just seeing him fight as often as possible. Uh, maybe the maybe that Donaire rematch. That's another one I'd be all in for. I would be all in for that Donaire looking maybe great. We, you know, finding that fountain maybe, of youth again. You maybe know. we finally get that Chocolatito fight we were we've been waiting a decade for. Mm. Yeah, that would be great too as well. You know, definitely a lot of stuff to look forward for uh, in the 2022, man. I'm looking forward to what happens then, uh, getting out of this 2021 and seeing uh, up and close, man, with uh, even though, you know, the start of the new year. I don't know if you guys look at this. Four pay-per-views. Ugh, I don't know, man. That's not, not I'm on what I want to see. How actually legit pay-per-views, though? Uh, I don't see any. I'm paying. I don't see any. I mean, look, look. The only one I could really justify is Americon and Kell Brook. And the reason why is because the amount of money these two are probably asking, that's the only way they're going to get paid the amount they're asking for is by selling it on pay-per-view. If they could sell it. In the UK, I think it's pretty huge. That fight's happening in 2022. That's the most ridiculous thing crazy. I've ever seen. Crazy, you know. Uh, but, Ortiz Rios coming up. This <laughs> Yeah. That, that, that's my that's my Christmas present fight. That's that's your Christmas <laughs> present right there, Ortiz in yeah, yeah. uh, Rios. Juan Mount Gamboa. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It's been marinating. <laughs> I know. They're they're still not uh, ready though. They're st- I heard they're still not ready. Maidana said he was going to come back. Sergio Martinez yeah. is having fights. I mean, Sergio Martinez Maidana is fighting fight and and being a promoter. You know, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to see Martinez in De La Hoya. To tell you the truth, you know. I want to see Oscar at like Sierra Tucson or something. But <laughs> uh, thing is, like Maidana, yeah, he's going for that cruiserweight title now. <laughs> oh my, yeah. I mean, he may be able to give Canelo a run for his money. I wonder what kind of meat he's eating over there. He's you know? bigger it's than Argentina. Jake. <laughs> he's bigger than Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah I he's think he is. He's definitely bigger than Jake, man. Uh, all right, guys. Pay-per-views. Yeah. Again, man, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll be back next week here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Twins. My co-host, Brian Fogg, and Z- uh, Mystic Zach here. Uh, we'll put up our handlings and everything so you guys can see it. And uh, don't forget, don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballeros. <laughs>